0: Thought leaders, storytellers, and griots sharing personal highlights on stories of the week. As we mentioned, this is where we look at uh, storylines, narratives, and we navigate those narratives to try and understand what's going on in the country besides what you hear in the headline news. And certainly the headline news uh, is a rock and roll narrative, if ever, of the country, mostly rolling with the punches. So we are trying to rock to the country's heartbeat as well. On the line is Shailene Newen. She's the director of the Trevor Noah Foundation. Now, Trevor Noah Foundation is doing some really interesting work in South Africa at the moment, and they are partnering with Youth Build South Africa on a project called the Faranani Infrastructure Project. Shailene, thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Michelle. How are you doing?
1: Good
0: morning. I'm Shailen, I'm doing well. I want to ask you, for people who don't know or didn't know that the Trevor Noah Foundation operates out of South Africa, tell us a little bit about the work that you do, the focus of your work. Yeah, absolutely. Um,
1: So the foundation launched in 2018, and our vision is a world where education enables young people to dream, see, and build the impossible. And the way we see that happening is through access to quality education for underserved communities in South Africa and Southern Africa, largely. Um, So we do this in three ways. We have programs that empower and capacitate educators to be 21st century innovators and problem solvers. We also partner with um, government schools and co-create solutions for holistic needs that they have uh, in areas such as psychosocial support, digital skills, career guidance, and infrastructure, um, including the project that you just mentioned. Um, And lastly, embedding change in communities is really important for us. Uh, We feel deeply about creating circles of continued learning and having shared ownership of some of the solutions that we create with our partners,
0: so let's talk specifically about the uh, Faranani infrastructure project. How sure. does it work? What is it, and um, what are the outcomes? Yeah,
1: the Faranani infrastructure project is—it's a really innovative response to a few problems. Um, so, number one, it's a twelve-month paid skills development opportunity for. A hundred previously neat young people, um, and they are learning c- technical skills in masonry, bricklaying, ceiling, uh, ceiling refurbishment, and other civil engineering and construction skills. And then they use those skills to maintain the infrastructure of some of the schools that we work with. And in some cases, we're also building a brand new asset. We're building a school hall that's meant to be used for the school and community. Um, And we are working very deeply in communities in this process, so the young people in the program gaining the skills are also from the communities um, where these schools are located. And in many cases, the young people actually attended these primary schools or even matriculated from our secondary school partner. So it's this really nice full circle loop for these young people. Um, But at the end of the day, some of the outcomes are, um, yes, improved school assets across seven schools, but we also see it as an opportunity to uplift the community and have shared ownership of these assets
0: when the program is done. So here's the thing. When we look at these kinds of projects, the big question mark is always how one measures it. Yeah. Like how do you measure the value of what you are doing? Is it in the number of people that pass through the program? That alone may not be uh, a, a good measurement of value because that person may, in fact, support 10 other people. Is uh, it a measurement of whether that person goes out and gets work? And are you able to measure whether those people are then accessing work or creating their own work, whatever the case may be? So how do you do that? How, does, how do you look at measurement and how do you look at value?
1: Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a really good question and um, one that can be answered in many different ways depending on what the core focus of the pro- program is. Um, and so for us, yes, it is a youth and employment and a skills development opportunity. Um, but because our Kulani Schools program is one of our core programs, that was how we actually came into this solution. Um, We were led by our schools who said that they have challenges with infrastructure and also young people who um, matriculated from our partner schools, but maybe weren't well suited for um, a university as a higher learning institution option. And so we were juggling different challenges of, you know, how do we see continuity of a nurturing environment for learning for young people who may not want to go to a university. Um, And so our Sadanati Infrastructure Program became a way to continue imparting skills on young people. Um, but to answer your question, I think the organization measures impact at various levels, right? Mm. Um, so we measure the impact on the young people themselves. So that that is things like um, skills development and whether there is a transition into a continued employment opportunity, which we're working with a host of partners to make sure that that happens. The program itself has work readiness components. Um, We, you know, are plugged into the Harambee database. We're Mm. plugged into some other databases to make sure that once this 12-month program ends, that the young people do not end up right back in the place that they were at the beginning of this initiative, sitting at home, um, you know, not in employment and not in training. So that that's one level of, of, of impact is the, the young people. And then obviously the second level of impact is at the school level. So, you know, in order for a project like a school hall to be successful in the long run, we need the buy-in of the school governing body. We need the buy-in of um, of of the school because they're the ones who are going to maintain the the asset afterwards. So I I don't know exactly what the measure is, but it's (laughs) qualitative it's qualitative measures that demonstrate that the school governing body has, you know, for example, they're the ones who um, write the policy to submit to the to COJ and the DBE to say that they, this is their project at the end of the day and they are accountable for the project, right? Yeah. So it's, it's empowering the school governing body to take ownership of the project. And then the last area of measure is the community. Um, so in our schools program, one of the things we want to see is that the school is is deeply invested and involved in supporting the learner journey.
0: Because uh-huh.
1: we noticed that, as we improve the quality of education in the school, it also uplifts the status of the community and vice versa. When the community is heavily involved and supportive of a, of a school, then we also see that the quality of the school rising. So they kind of rise together. Um, so yeah, so we do measure levels of impact at the student level and the school level and at the community level.
0: I mean, I'm, I'm laughing not because I, I think that it's wrong what you're doing. I think it's absolutely right. But it's, I realize how challenging that is if there's one area so in the much. kind of social entrepreneurship space. The idea of measuring um, community work is incredibly challenging. And, and I, I don't think we've kind of got to an answer for that yet. Um, Shalane, my last question, of course, is just like fangirl kind of stuff. Uh, (laughs) If we look at the Trevor Noah Foundation, some people may be surprised to hear that there is a Trevor Noah Foundation. And I'm wondering, what kind of involvement does he have in the process or is he simply the philanthropist who is uh, sending the check through?
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good question and one that we get um, quite often. So um, obviously the whole vision of the foundation was inspired through his story, right? Mm. A lot of how we um, view the power of young people and the potential of young people and the magic of education and unleashing potential, right? That, that, a lot of that comes from his story and is inspired mm. by his story, sure. whether it's through, you know, what we see in, in Born a Crime or what we hear him him talk about. Um, Even our teachers, we have a teacher training program um, in partnership with Unisa, who I was surprised to hear was the last caller that you had the dean. Um, And that program was set up because he's very passionate about teachers and understanding their role um, in a young person's educational journey. So the whole foundation, it feels like him operationalized in some way. It's his mind and his vision. And then my job is to really say, okay, how can we create solutions um, um, led by his vision? But on a day-to-day basis, I mean, he makes a lot of the core decisions. (laughs) Um, He's on our board, obviously. So yes, he doesn't get involved in approving our budget and approving our strategy, um, but he's super supportive in what we do. And if ever I have a question about, you know, um, Something on the ground. I mean, he's he's very accessible, um, and I really see his role as being a global ambassador for what we do. Absolutely. So whether it's I don't know if you saw, but um, uh, Duolingo we were we've partnered with Duolingo to launch isiZulu and isiXhosa yes. onto the Duolingo platform, and Trevor was a huge part of that announcement uh, because he announced it in an interview with the Duolingo CEO, and so. I think in his role in New York, and yes, we wish he could be here in South Africa with us more often, but his role is to really take South Africa to the world um, and open doors for us, whether it be uh, advocacy support or what we all want, philanthropic dollars and capital. Mm. Um, He really is that, that driver for us globally.
0: Unfortunately, we have to leave it there, but I think there's a very interesting conversation as you talk about philanthropic or global philanthropic dollars.